0: Hey everyone, Mr. Toast here. Just want to let you know you can watch the podcast and interact with other viewers live on Twitch.tv slash Convicted Toast. Enjoy the podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Mixed Media with Mr. Rager and Mr. Toast. Uh, Tonight we wanted to talk about some A24 horror films. We picked out four that we watched um, throughout this week. Um, So, let's just get into it.
1: Well, three that we watched throughout this week and one that we just kind of tacked on.
0: Because we... we We've seen it, re- we saw it not too long ago, both of us, so.
2: Yeah,
1: so uh, I think we're going to start the discussion with that one first, which is The Lighthouse. Yep, um, which we, we mentioned
0: watch- on the podcast before, but, you know, we're going to talk about it a little bit more in depth this time.
1: Yeah, um, so with The, with the Lighthouse, um, when, when did we watch it, you know?
0: Uh, it was like last, it was like in the middle of January, I think.
1: Oh so it's it's been that long
2: I think so. Been a we, should,
1: we should have rewatched
0: it.
2: I'm sure I'm sure we're fine.
1: should be but... <laughs> and the, it was
0: that yeah the details the details stick around though it's a pretty memorable movie, so
1: it is it is and that's what uh something that I can uh I think it' be said for most a twenty four horror and uh, non-horror films included
0: just in general a twenty four has been a, a powerhouse.
1: Yeah, I I completely agree. I've uh I've gone all the way out to Pittsburgh to see premieres of their movies. Uh, they're one of the best studios putting shit out. Yeah, they kind of. For those of you who don't know, I should give an introduction to A twenty four. Um, A twenty four is one of the newest production companies. Um, yeah, it, it was founded by a guy named uh, Daniel Katz in twenty twelve, and um. They just basically started uh, making movies. They were giving a lot of uh, filmmakers who haven't made things in a long time or newer filmmakers a place where they could pretty much create their vision and uh, have it be untainted by studio interference. So uh, Greta Gerwig uh, got her big start, who is now the director of Barbie with A24 when she made uh, Lady Bird. Uh, Barry Jenkins with Moonlight, which won Best Picture. Uh, just tons and tons of filmmakers have come out. And the one that we're going to be talking about first with The Lighthouse is Mr. Robert Eggers, who this was his second film uh, ever in his second A24 film. He had done The, uh, the Vich before this. And uh, The Lighthouse was his follow-up film released in 29th,
2: 2019. Yeah, nineteen. Yes,
1: 2019. Uh, it stars robert uh, pattinson and willem defoe
0: it's and it's the way that the film is shot as well doing full black and white for the entire thing is very um i I love the aesthetic it kind of gives off with uh um the whole story it gives a lot of atmosphere and a lot of um uh, like it's a very unique touch
1: that is a really big thing with a24 is kind of Letting the the filmmakers kind of just be weird, letting them have their own style, letting them have their own, sorry, I'm pouring water, (laughs) Uh, letting them, letting them have their own sort of flair to the movies instead of it just being, you know, studio interference. And that's what I think makes all of the horror films that we're going to be talking about tonight so special is that they, they all are very, very, very different films and they all, uh, Pretty much take place in completely different decades, I believe.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. We, uh, except for two of the ones that we watched, they're kind of close together. Um, Which ones? Uh, I'm gonna, hold on, let me make sure I'm not mistaking myself.
1: Are you think? Are you thinking about climax?
0: No. Okay. Sorry. I was. Uh. I so. We have uh, bodies, bodies, bodies on the list. And for some reason, like I was thinking of two separate scenes in the movie and thinking of them in two different movies.
1: Oh, I got you. That's fine. Um, so uh, the lighthouse was this idea that Robert Eggers had um, based on this thing that kind of happened in real life where there was a lighthouse in, in uh, Wales uh, in the 1800s. And there were two wikis that worked there, both named Thomas. They were trapped there during this huge storm. Yep. And when it cleared, it, um, this is the in real life story, not the movie story. Um, there was no sign that the men had ever been there at all. There was no signs of struggle, no signs that they were ripped out to sea. And they were like, oh, a big wave could have went over the island. But in reality, it there was no damage done by a wave. They just vanished. Yeah. Um so he was um really interested in doing something um with that concept and um he kind of incorporated a lot of HP Lovecraft, a lot of surrealism, Greek myths even into the Yeah, that's
0: the the big thing is like you don't really see like greek myth used for horror uh at least not nowadays so having somebody having it pulled in and used as a as a reference like because we get a little bit of hp lovecraft kind of stuff we get greek um like greek horror as well and then a lot of it's psychological as well
1: yeah a lot of it is very psychological he plays with a lot of different types of horror um the film takes place in the 1890s um which is really cool uh this is uh a very interesting period to see, and it, it, it works really well. So, uh, for a brief uh, discussion of the overall plot, it's basically these two lighthouse wikis. Ephraim Winslow, uh, who we find out later is really Thomas Howard, and Thomas Wake, are both on this lighthouse. Uh, they've been They've been sent there to be the keepers for a period of time until the next two come to relieve them. And as they're kind of, you know, doing their daily task, making sure the lighthouse is good, uh, some weird supernatural shit, or if you don't believe it's supernatural shit, just some weird shit in their heads starts to transpire, including mm-hmm. a mermaid and some really interesting things.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting because there's a. Uh, I'm trying to think of like how to how to go into it, like because it starts out and it's pretty inconspicuous,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then it starts to open up a lot more. Um, like where you know at, at first the characters like they've they're on this job together. They don't even know their names yet. Like they haven't said they haven't introduced each other to like their own names to each other yet. Um, and that's like it's only it's probably like, what like halfway through the movie that you finally learn their names
1: yeah yeah it well no it's it's not that uh it's it's about like twenty twenty five minutes in when they're sitting down to dinner for the first time mm-hmm. and uh they're talking about it and um they get drunk a lot in the movie they're just kind of you know doing their doing their thing yeah so how it starts they're you know they're doing their thing I kind of talked about that a little bit so winslow discovers this which is robert pattinson's character he has this like mermaid thing that he finds it's like a wooden thing uh and it looks like a mermaid and he he keeps it with him he finds it in the bed that he's provided there and um tom thomas wake is like very very pushy of him like trying to get him to do his job and things like that and taking like Fucking kerosene tanks upstairs and painting that you know, just doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And um Willem Dafoe's character, Thomas Wake, he's very adamant about the fact that he has to be the one to go up to the lighthouse.
0: Yeah, he to he's like, I take the night shift, I watch the light.
1: And, uh, we see him up there a couple of times early on where he's just completely naked, just sitting in, uh, sitting in front of this light and, yeah. uh, it's, he's just like mesmerized by it. And, um, Winslow, like he starts to hallucinate these sea monsters and things and he's just like, it, it's, it's really weird. Um. He's not sure if he's going crazy or if these things are actually happening to him. And he he takes this wooden, like, statue of the mermaid and he takes it into his private quarters and masturbates to it. And he's just, like, picturing, like, a real mermaid. But is there a real mermaid? And he's just, uh, he's very confused. And um, he starts, um, at this point, he starts to get bothered by a seagull. Yeah. And it, it starts like, uh, picking on him and just like bullying him a little bit. The seagull like flies overhead and he's throwing shit out. He's like, get out of here. And, uh, they have dinner that night. And, uh, it, it, we should mention that, um, Robert Pattinson's character, rich uh, initially does not want to drink. He, he doesn't want to drink at all. Yeah, And Robert Pattinson's character, he just like, he, he's like, I'm tainted like I can't I can't drink. Yeah. So we get like a little bit of an idea that there's some background there that he has, you know, maybe a history of drinking or something bad happened the last yeah. time he drank and um he he just doesn't want to do it. And uh, Willem Defoe's like, all right, go ahead and Drink and drink the water. And he drinks it just, like, spits it out. It's just nasty, nasty water. He's like, you're going to have to tend to the uh, cistern out there. And Robert Pattinson starts, like, having a little bit of the alcohol. And uh, there's this really, really good scene. And uh, it's when they're eating. They're eating dinner, and Willem Defoe's like, you shouldn't spar with a gull or something like that. And he's yeah. like, bad to kill a seabird. and you know, Robert Pattinson kind of laps it off, and Willem Dafoe just smacks him across the face. And he's just like, bad luck to kill a seabird. <laughs> and that's, that line has a lot, uh, I have a lot of personal connection to it. Because after I watched this for the first time, I just could not help quoting that line over and over again. We were picking up my uh, girlfriend from the airport, and I remember I was in the car. And I just kept going, bad luck to kill a seabird. <laughs> and she, she's just like, what the fuck are you saying? And I was like, it's bad luck to kill a seabird. And it's just, oh, that line is so good. Yeah. And he, like, there's reasoning behind it, too. Like, he, he explains to him that the gulls are reincarnated sailors. And um, they, um, they kind of start to talk about uh, the last wiki that was there before Robert Pattinson, if you want to talk about that a little bit oh wait we got a chatter oh yeah how's it going it's going good trent welcome in
0: thanks for being here appreciate you um what were you
2: mentioning sorry
1: oh uh if you wanted to talk about the um the wiki before robert patton's character his, his, his the one he had before what, like the story that he tells him in.
0: uh oh shit i can't remember the story Oh, that's okay. actually slipped my mind
1: it's- it's it's very it, it's not a lot. He basically just tells him that he um he died. He lost his mind.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah,
1: and he kind of like gaslights him, and he's kind of like telling him, you know,
0: he's kind of like that might happen I, to you.
1: Uh, I don't know. That that happens a lot yeah. in this movie. There yeah. is a lot of that, and I I hate the word gaslight. Uh, There's a good joke in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies about gaslighting, actually. Yeah, and um, there, but it, it, it is a um a word that could be used to describe a lot of things in the movie. Yeah. Um so it's the day before like they're going to go home. They're getting ready to go and Winslow um he's kind of out and he's doing his daily chores and he sees a gull dead inside the cistern. And it's really cool the effect because it's in black and white and you just see the blood like kind of spreading out from yeah. the dead gull and he's just like God damn it and this the other goal that was bothering him comes down and starts like pecking at him and he just picks it up and just starts smashing it into the cistern yep. and it's it sounds fucked but it's actually it's really funny in the moment it like plays off
0: as a very comedic moment cuz uh like he he does the whole thing and then he just just stops for a sec
1: yeah he just like it's just beating the gull off this cistern it is it is so despicable but like it's oh my god it's it's hard to explain unless you've seen the movie just the sheer like brutality robert pattinson puts into killing this seagull right trent says gaslight yes, like, made up word that's a bodies 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 reference we yeah. will be talking about that tonight
0: i appreciate um, that you just uh just drop your your pro, your twitch prime in the middle I, of the I, podcast I,
1: I, ha- I have your stream up and uh, it gave me an ad and it pissed me off. So I restarted. Fair enough. Um, so um, he kills it. And then, as soon as he walks away, we get like this shot up on top of um, the house that they're staying at. And it's one of those old timey things they had on farms it spins around i don't know oh, how like to it.
0: like compass kind of thing you, know you mean
1: yeah like yeah. like an outside one and just like the direction of the wind and the direction of the wind just absolutely shifts
0: yeah like it it's spins like, wild well, for a second then just points in one direction
1: yeah it could complete opposite direction of where it was so it immediately cuts and the storm is really bad and uh they're like fuck i don't know if we're going to be able to get out of here tomorrow, and they're like, oh, come on, it's our last night, it'll pass by the morning, let's get drunk. So they're, um, they're getting drunk together, they're, I can't remember if it's this one, or later on when they're dancing together, but I love that, uh, <laughs> that scene.
2: I, I, think,
0: I think it's after this one, like it's a just after, okay. maybe, like the next night.
1: Okay. Um, so they get drunk, and the next day, oh, it's so gross, uh, Robert Pattinson's character has their chamber pot which is where they, you know, they don't have toilets. It's 1890 in yeah. a lighthouse. So he's going out there with it to dump it, and he, like, throws it off his thing, and the wind just throws it right back in his face. And he's just screaming, and he's disgusted. And he finds the body of a mermaid, and it wakes up and just starts screeching at him. And he's running away, and he's just, like, freaking out. And he gets back there, and um, Willem Defoe's like, storm-spoiled all of our rations. And he is just like, oh, my God. And he's like, well, it's fine. The, the, you know, our ride out of here is only a day late. And then this is where the gaslighting really starts. <laughs> Willem Dafoe's like, has it been only a day? How long have we been here? Do you reckon? Two weeks? Two days? Two yeah. hours? Like, just going through this whole thing, just, like, absolutely confusing the fuck out of Robert Pattinson.
2: Yeah, and,
0: and the thing I love about it is that, like, at the same point, because the movie's kind of been jumping around the, the days as it goes, we get to the point where, like, even now, him raising this question, we're also sitting there as the viewer going, how long has it been?
1: Yeah, you really... Or there's, It's like two unreliable narrators. Yeah. You you don't know who to believe in. Robert Pattinson doesn't fucking know, and does Willem Dafoe know? We we don't know.
0: Yeah, it kind of turns into the, the Spider-Man meme of of two Spider-Men pointing at each other. And it's, insta- it's like you're gaslighting me and it's like no you're gaslighting
2: me
1: yeah i mean pretty much so they they are like okay uh we we, we've got some uh we've got some rations and they go down and they're looking for him and it's literally just alcohol so we get this like kind of i don't want to say a montage but it's just them like drinking and then they're dancing and it's weird because it transitions between them being like really violent towards each other like like hitting each other and then at one point they're like really close like face to face like they're about to kiss and it's it's so weird and um he he he, like we start to really see robert pattinson start to crack he wants to see what's in the light. And this is like he starts to like really be like, yeah, I want to I want to see what he's like, what's going on up there that he is obsessed with it. He even like kind of thinks about murdering him in his sleep. Mm-hmm. And uh, he like is going down and he checks the lobster traps and he sees the previous wiki. And um, he's just like, oh, my God. So they get drunk again after that. And um, Robert Pattinson reveals to Willem Dafoe, hey, I'm Thomas Howard. He's like, no, I'm Thomas. He's like, I'm also Thomas. I lied. I took the name of Ephraim Winslow. And it's revealed that when he was in Canada working, um, that was a foreman that he had. And these logs, like, spilled over and killed him. And he kind of just, like, left him for dead. He didn't help him. And yep. um, he just... Left, he just took off and got this other job, and you just hear Willem Dafoe like kind of echoing throughout the house, like, "Why'd you spill your
2: beans? Why'd you spill your beans?"
1: Yeah, and he's just like, "Okay, that like I've had it." He like runs to leave, and Willem Dafoe's there with an axe and just destroys their
0: lifeboat,
1: and he's just like freaking out. And he he goes back and they're all sitting in there and uh, he, they're looking at each other and he, uh, Willem Dafoe is like, "You smashed the boat up." He's like, "What? You smashed the boat up?" And you're just like,
2: "What the fuck is happening?"
1: Yep. <laughs> He's literally just like completely turning it around. He's like, "No, you smashed the boat." <laughs> it, it's just the storms bearing down and there's no alcohol left. Yeah, they take turpentine and honey and mix it together and they start drinking that. And um, while they're getting drunk or whatever, they have another like, you know, fine night and they get into this argument that I I, I do believe I I forgot to talk about earlier. Where Willem Dafoe delivers one of the best monologues, not just in his career, but in film history. I mean, it, it is incredible. Yeah, it's um, it's
0: so good. Um I'm pretty do you have it memorized?
1: Uh I have parts of it memorized. Okay.
0: Um because so the whole the whole monologue is like two minutes long. And yeah, it's crazy. What's very impressive is that Willem Dafoe does not blink giving during the delivery of the of the monologue. He doesn't
1: stop yelling and it's it's so it's not like a normal like monologue where it's just basic, you know. It, basic shit, it's like, he's like, they're talking about, like, their food, and, um, e- uh, Ephraim Winslow, he's just like, your food sucks, and Willem Defoe like, gets pissed, he's like, tell me you're fond of me lobster, and he's just like, no, I, 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 w- I want a steak, if, yeah. if I had a steak, I'd I'd, I'd fuck it. And they're like they're really drunk and Willem. It like really gets under Willem Dafoe's skin. Yeah, I, he,
0: he's like at the point where he's like, "You're fond of me, lobster. I've seen it. You're fond of me, lobster."
1: And he just starts it with like, "Let Neptune strike ye dead, Winslow!" And he yells like, "Hark, trike, hark!" And the, there's lightning striking outside. It's oh, it's so good. And he just goes through this whole thing like talking about like the most horrible way to die like the one's like getting like pulled apart by like sea creatures um it's oh it's so good and i also like uh the um the line that he says whenever they um toast together if you know what i mean yeah i have that one memorized he, uh, whatever they're about to start drinking, Willem Dafoe says, "Should pale death with treble dread make the ocean caves bed? God, who hears the surges roll, deign to save our suppliant soul." And it's oh, it's so good. They got the dialogue in this film like perfect, absolutely perfect. Um, so the the next day, um, he wakes up and he finds. Willem Dafoe's logbook, and in this book, he like criticized him as a drunk and just completely useless. Doesn't do any of his chores. He he like he back talks all this horrible shit. And it's like at the end, it's like recommendation, uh, like termination without pay or severance without pay. That's what it is. Yeah, and they're like they start arguing, and they're he's pissed. He's like that's a lie, and they start fighting. And while he's, like, he's hitting Willem Dafoe, he hallucinates the mermaid, like, under him, and then he hallucinates Willem Dafoe as the sea creature, and then he sees him as the Winslow that um, died at the log thing, and then we get this amazing shot, where it's, like, straight out of a Greek painting, where willem defoe is like this proteus figure and he's got these two beams of light coming out of his eyes right on him and he's like completely naked and he's just standing there like oh it's so yeah, and he's hitting like good.
0: this very it's a very imp- like particular like pose where he's like looking down with this like flexed kind of arm and shoulder sticking out and it's it's very cool
1: And, uh, he, he's just, yeah, it's, it's awesome. That is my favorite shot in the movie where he's just like got the beams of light coming out of his eyes. And, um, uh, Ephraim just keeps beating him into submission and he like makes him like a dog and he's like, follow me dog. And he takes him outside and he's burying him alive. And Willem Dafoe is like giving this monologue about the light while he's being covered in dirt, and there's, like, dirt on his eyes, there's yep. dirt going in his mouth, and he just doesn't stop giving this monologue. And um he grabs the keys, he goes and he gets a cigarette, and Will Defoe flies in with an, uh, with an axe and hits him with it, and Robert Pattinson, like, kind of gets it away from him and then just fucking kills him. And then we get to the ending with uh, Robert Pattinson. He's climbing the lighthouse. He's finally going to see what's in it. And he goes up to the top and it is just this bright blinding light. And then the film like looks distorted. The sound's distorted. He's just sitting there screaming and the audio is completely muffled and he's, Oh my God. He's just screaming. And it goes on for like 45 seconds and we see him fall down the steps. And then we cut to him. He's laying naked on the rocks, and his eye has like been pecked out. And there's a bunch of gulls. Like his stomach is completely, uh, like his chest, stomach area is. Completely yeah, and cut
0: his entrails the- are just
2: hanging out.
1: Yep, and the gulls are just sitting there, kind of pecking at him. And it's oh, it's such a great ending, and it's, it's definitely something that's kind of left up to interpretation i mean there are a lot of people that uh talk about it you know being um uh, a greek thing you know greek myth but there's elements of sea myths in there that they used to say there's even a lot of people that um talk about like the sexuality in the film that like the the phallic imagery of the lighthouse and the, like the shots of the two together and uh, they actually asked Robert Eggers in an interview uh, uh about that and he said, um, am I saying these characters are gay? No. However, I'm not saying they're not either. Forget about the complexities of human sexuality or their particular inclination. I'm more about questions than answers. Yeah. And it's, oh, it's so good. And I, I, it's there are a lot of those kind of themes in it too, and it it really is up to the viewer and what the what the viewer believes is going on, and you know, is it a, a prophecy about Proteus? Is it you know, is it this? They're just going crazy, and none of this happened. Yeah, you know, it's it, it really is left to interpretation and in what you believe. It's
0: like for are. all we know. The, the ship came, picked him up, and this was all just a horrible dream.
1: Yeah, it could have been, or they could have just both lost their minds and killed each other. Yep. Like, it's, we don't know. And,
0: um, We'll never know probably. if he was actually fond of his lobster.
1: No. Wait, he admits after, at the end of the monologue, he says, Have it your way. I do like your lobster.
2: He's like, and I like your cooking.
1: <laughs> just, just a little bit of a complaint that I want to get into here about people um not all people but it's it's hard to describe A24 films are very very divisive yeah critics seem to absolutely eat them up the audience like uncut gems a lot of people consider uncut gems to be like adam sandler's like you know his magnum opus it's got like a 91 critic score give me a guess mr toast of what you think the audience score is for uncut gems
0: probably like i don't know
1: 65 52 52 okay yeah 52 and that's like a lot of people consider that to be one of his best so it's people just don't vibe with the think, non-simple narratives yeah
0: I, mean. I i think a big part of it is a lot of a24 films leave a lot of uh things up to interpretation rather than just outright hey this is how it is this is exactly what like the director is trying to tell you or what the story is trying to tell you and it leaves it more open-ended so that you can draw your own conclusions like uh imagine how boring it would be if you watch pulp fiction and they uh they just tell
2: you what's in the briefcase
1: exactly exactly um i uh my favorite theory about what's in the briefcase is uh elvis's golden suit That's <laughs> a that's a popular one tarantino likes that one too yeah so what was the next one we watched uh, uh well, we watched was it climax
0: we watched climax next
1: okay so it was climax Ooh, this one's gonna be really interesting to talk about
0: yeah because this is not your traditional horror movie
1: no uh i don't know if we should give a warning before this before we talk about climax.
0: um maybe yeah there, there's a lot of okay. material in here that might be a bit disturbing <laughs>
1: Yeah, climax. Uh, for those of you viewers in the stream, you know, um, those of you that are audio listeners, we love you. Um, YouTube listeners, we love you too. Anything like that. Um, we probably will put a timestamp, or uh, this is just a warning just kind of skim until you hear us stop talking about climax and move on to bodies, bodies, bodies. Um, if you are sensitive to discussions around drugs, um, horrible I, I i don't even know mental illness um I, I guess i'm just gonna we're gonna talk about the movie in spoilers anyway so this is a spoiler for climax but if you are sensitive to violence against pregnant women um that will be discussed with climax uh climax is very rough it, um i love the film and i love what it stands for but it is it is a very rough film, and I we completely understand if you do need to skim through this um, yeah. and not to it. That is completely understandable. This is a very rough horror film. It is not rough in traditional terms for horror. It, it is a very different type of yeah. horror.
0: There's not, like, it's not an overtly gory film in any way. It's just the material that it handles is very, uh, there's a lot of real-world element to it that uh, maybe some of you could have been exposed to. And that might be something that you don't want to, you know, be exposed to again.
2: Yeah,
1: exactly. So, um, this is a Gaspar Noé film. And to give you guys a little bit of backstory into Gaspar Noé, um, he is a rough individual himself. I think personally, he is a genius. I do think that his films are very difficult. Um, i don't think any of his films are easy to sit through um he does a lot of uh, a lot of things that are avant-garde a lot of things that are outside the box he tackles really really rough rough things uh one of his first movies um irreversible which is the one that put him on the map is a movie that is told in complete opposite order um I won't get into too many spoilers for Irreversible because it's not our discussion, but Irreversible is about the um, revenge of a woman who was raped. And it is very intense. Um, it is a very good movie. It's just very intense, very hard to watch. A lot of dark stuff. He is a very dark director, and a lot of his films are very dark. He also directed a Travis Scott music video. Um you <laughs> still know why. Um, Just do so, to mention that. <laughs> yeah, the climax is really interesting. At the cons 2018 film festival, it won best art film. It also won best film. Uh, at cons, I do believe, or it, maybe it was nominated for the uh, for the Palme d'Or. I can't remember if it won or not. I'm, I think it was. Um, I know it won a a, a festival of some kind mm-hmm. for best. Uh, so climax is the story of these french dancers it takes place in the winter of 1996 um these dancers are um you know they're doing their routine there's a long take well i guess we should talk a little bit about the interviews first yeah um the film opens on these interviews and it's basically this lady kind of talking to the dancers kind of like a little impromptu interview like talking about dance and their lives and she's like so, what would you um, what would you do if you couldn't dance to this one girl and she says suicide? And it's ooh, it it's hitting you right off the bat. You're like, okay, this is a very interesting group of people.
0: Yeah, because like the people that are so invested in uh what they do that like they would go that far where they,
2: without it they wouldn't want to live. Um, so they have this huge
1: sequence at the beginning. It is a long take that lasts almost 40 minutes where it's going, it, it shows their entire dance routine and then it goes from character to character, like, and they're all just like shooting the shit. You know, there's this one guy's like obsessed with sex. There's a lot of talk among the characters about drugs and sex, like a lot of talk among the characters about those, those topics. And they're, you know, they're talking about this or that. They're like, Oh man, like she's pretty hot or he's pretty hot they're talking about drugs that they did, and then they start doing this other dance routine and like forty five minutes in you get the opening credits
0: yeah and it's very interesting because the interviews and like the dialogue between the characters uh, it, it introduces a lot about um the people that we're you know going to be witnessing throughout the film and then after after the the uh, opening credits start in that forty five minute uh timestamp, we like the whole movie just just shifts it's no longer focusing on like the relationships like the people talking like the dialogue is taking a backseat at this point and it's more
2: visual mm-hmm.
1: so um dancers as they're like dancing during the opening credits they kind of start to behave strangely they're getting agitated they're getting confused they're wandering around weird and they're like man what the hell is going on and they realize that the sangria they're all drinking they had this punch was spiked with a hallucin- hallucinogenic drug and they assume LSD yeah and they go to this one girl who's a mother i think her name is emmanuel
2: uh, i think they're
1: so like, they're like you made the punch you did this and she's like no i drank it and i'm so- I, like i'm dealing with it too and um they then they're like it's just this big game of who did it and they point out this guy named Omar, and it's, oh, this is so weird. I should have put a trigger warning up there for incest as well because there is incest in this. Um, basically, this guy is jealous of this other guy that's like dating his sister, and he's like, this guy didn't drink, did not drink at all, and he, he is a, um, I I forget what, I think it's called a uh, teetotaler. Teetotaler. Am I saying that right? Teetotaler. What is it? It's it's a teetotaler. Teetotalism. It's the practice of. Tolitarian? Huh?
0: Tolitarian? Is it? No, Um. it's
1: T E E T. It's basically the practice of not abstaining from. And he is that. And he didn't drink it because he doesn't drink. And they're like, he did it, he did it, he did it. And they just throw him out into this.
0: Yeah, it's during uh, this massive, like, blizzard, too.
1: Yeah, and they're like, we need to call the cops. They're like, how the cops going to get here? It's snowing. So um, the mom absolutely freaks out because she sees her kid. She has this son with her name, Tito. Yeah. And he is drinking the sangria. And she's like, fuck. So she grabs him and puts him in this electrical room and locks the door. And we just get all these shots of the characters kind of dealing with it. And um, Selva, who is our main character, she goes into this back room with her friend Lou. And uh, she's like, I'm not feeling good. She's like, oh, did you drink the punch too? And she's like, no, can you keep a secret? I'm, I'm pregnant. And uh, there's this other woman named Dom who is like severely under the influence of the drug. She had yeah. multiple gla- uh, glasses of sangria. She accuses Lou of spiking the drink. And uh, she's like, no, it wasn't me, it wasn't me, I'm pregnant. And this is where we get, oh god, it's so hard. It's a very um,
0: hard scene to watch.
1: Yeah, she, um, she starts kicking her in the stomach, um, punching her in the stomach. And we see Lou kind of sit up, and she's just like gagging and weeping. And she, she just emits this guttural cry. It is, oh, it's so uncomfortable mm-hmm. to even talk about. Um. And they're like trying to find cocaine to bring them out of it. And they're like, that's also happening. And uh, Lou like runs out to confront Dom on the dance floor. Uh, if you want to talk about this part.
0: Yeah. So I can't believe we talk about this part. <laughs> anyway. <You're good. laughs> so she goes out to the, uh, to the dance floor and she uh, starts confronting, uh, confronting and she's like, she hit me. I'm pregnant. Uh, and they're like no you're like you didn't so you didn't drink you uh, you're the one that spiked us like the um we were talking about it uh earlier how um it was uh what do you call it the the mob mentality yeah. where basically one person says it and everybody else is like that's got to be it that's the scapegoat pretty much yep and um so she's standing there trying to defend herself saying it wasn't me i didn't do this i'm pregnant that's why i didn't drink and they all start basically telling her to, to off herself, basically. Uh, and she like sits, she falls back on the stairs, uh, and she has this nice... She start, starts cutting into her arm, and yeah, then...
1: She, she cuts her arm and her face.
0: Yeah, she cuts her arm and her face on like both sides, and then she starts punching herself in the stomach. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah and yeah, it is
0: so hard to watch that with the... Like, the con- the connotation, the context of, you know, what's going on there, it's, uh, it is
2: awful.
1: Yeah, it's, oh, it's, it's rough. And, uh, Selva's coming down the hallway, and she hears screams, and, uh, she finds the mother of the child, Emmanuel, and she lost the fucking key to yep. the room that she locked her son in. And her son is screaming for help because he's hallucinating. This like six, seven year old kid is on this drug and he's screaming and she's like looking for this key. She's like, Find the fuck key. And um they she um there's this guy that's kind of hitting on Selva throughout the movie named David. And he's like a player guy, like he fucks anything he moves yeah. and he was trying to get it with that dude's sister, the one who uh kicked a guy out into the snow for yeah. that. And um she sees that her brother and this group of guys just eating David and uh, they're like you're a perv and all this stuff and they're just eating ass and then the uh, the school that they're in they're, I should mention that they're in like um like a school like a gym area that they I don't know if they rented it out I don't know how it works
0: it's supposed to um, just be like a dance school that's all it states but we don't know exactly it's
1: a dance school okay.
0: yeah
1: um, the, the power cuts out completely yep and uh somebody like is joking around the crowd like oh tito must have electrocuted himself and you're like oh my god this red right. light they is- say
0: it so nonchalantly in the film yeah. they're just like oh tito's fried like yep tito's fried.
1: yeah and um these red lights are on and i should mention over the course of the movie um uh, the music the beats per minute gets faster 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 faster, faster. so um there's this girl named Ivana, and her and her girlfriend kind of have a falling out. And um, she takes Selva, and she's, like, taking her through this hallway. And they see um, this girl named Eva in a shower, and she's scrubbing her body viciously, because she has blood on her from where Lou cut herself. And uh, they, you know, they're both under a hallucinogenic drug, so Ivana and Selva start going at it and david kind of like stumbles in and selva kicks him out she's fuck out of here and there's this um this um gay guy he he he's a lot younger than a lot a lot of the other crew and he's like he was trying to get with david david's like i'm straight so then he tries to go in there and dj daddy that's his name dj yep. daddy he's just like get the fuck out of here so he's just completely completely just alone and walks by the room and trigger warning for incest he stumbles upon gazelle and her brother taylor start to go at it and his sister's trying to get away yeah and stumbles into the hallway and just you get this other shot back on the dance floor and like there's just people everywhere just like around and keegan you talked about something i kind of want you to talk about here yeah. because i thought it was very insightful when you're talking about the location
0: yeah so um the whole movie we've been watching and it's been it kind of tricks you like the way that they move the camera everything that it's all one long take through the entire thing uh which is very very uh uh what do you call it very unique cinematography uh, having the camera like just follow people through them through the film, but the entire time like as the movie's been going on, we get introduced to all the locations, so we know where like we know the where the restrooms are at, where the bedrooms are, where the uh hallway that leads into like the main the front door to like the dance floor and everything we we've been introduced to all of it, and we get to the point where uh we get we end up back on the dance floor again but so much of the camera action is focused around the floor and it's just moving around various locations of the floor. So you don't really know where you are anymore. Like we've been able to, the entire time we've been able to know where we were cause we could see the surrounding area. We could see the walls, we could see everything when you're just being kind of moved around the floor, you're lost like everybody else in the film.
1: Yeah. It's, it's really disarming and um, people are just,
2: Channing having
1: sex, assaulting each other, and the brother catches up to his sister, and he's like, oh, I love you, and uh, only you can make me happy, and she's, like, crying. And then she starts like, having a seizure. And it's just David's getting attacked by another dancer and, he's like, slamming his head into the floor, and it's all this crazy shit's happening. Selva is having sex with uh, that girl. It just keeps cutting around, cutting around. The music's faster, 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 faster. You just see these people like getting beaten. It it, it is just it is insane. And that 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 is a true form of horror, like not being able to control your 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 actions, not being able to control your mind. Like mm-hmm. none of them have taken acid before. None of them had planned on taking acid that night. They were forced to. They were forced to take LSD against their will. Yeah. And it's it it is terrible. So we cut. Finally, you get a chance to breathe. Um the police come in they find almost all the dancers they're either like completely knocked out or they're dead and they're just
0: they're just barely awake just on the floor probably in in pain
1: and yes and we see Ivana's girlfriend who she had issues with before she slept with selva psych and she's just dancing alone by herself and dom is just alone just sobbing Omar is fucking outside frozen to death um and we see tito and we're not sure if tito's dead or not and i i told you during the movie that i was pretty sure he wasn't yeah but i'm seeing a lot of like when i was doing research for climax i'm seeing a lot of conflicted things whether tito's dead or not it doesn't seem like anybody knows (sighs) very pale
0: yeah the thing that we can't really confirm though is i mean if we're to believe that he, like, electrocuted himself, traditionally you would see some kind of, like, track mark of the electrocution, something along those lines. He's just on the floor next to the electrical box, and there's no confirmation. I think that's one of the things, like, like we were talking about how it's up to interpretation.
1: Yeah. So, um, and then we see his mom, whether he's alive or not, she killed herself.
2: Yep. Outside the um, door.
1: Yep she couldn't get in and she just decided to kill herself um and we see uh gazelle she wakes up next to her brother and uh her brother literally is like don't say anything to dad like oh my god um we we, all we completely forgot to mention the girl that was on fire there was a girl whose head was on fire and we see her the next morning yeah she's like Flashing water on her burned
0: scalp because yeah. when the port when they're everybody's looking for uh cocaine they're like go talk to her she probably still has some and then every like everybody's talking to her and she's like no i'm all out don't have any and then um at some point somebody catches her doing some and she's like i knew you had some and she pushes her and there's this lit burner right behind her and her
2: hair just goes up yep
1: so then uh we see Lou, which is the first shot of the movie, is Lou in the snow, yeah, and she's crawling. She completely lost her mind after she killed her baby, yeah, and she's just like out in the snow, like making snow angels, like laughing. She's just gone completely, just absolutely insane.
2: Mm-hmm. And um, we get this flashback, um, psych, and we see in her bag
1: she has a bunch of books on LSD and things like that and she takes a liquid drop of LSD in her eye and then fade to the well no it just fades to black because the credits yeah. are in the middle of the film yep. yeah yeah, it just fades to black um, it is it is a very very it's a crazy crazy film um, they shot it in 15 days
2: that's wild.
1: Um, the, they choreographed everything for the dance. They Everything. Everything was done in 15. Um, he, he, uh, they asked No Way once. Um, he wanted to have a different approach to how he depicted drugs in his film. He said, I don't want to do any visual or sound effects to reproduce the feeling you are having when you're on drugs. I thought it would be funny to do it the other way. Like shoot almost documentary style with long cuts. Uh, seeing how the effects of drugs and alcohol are experienced, how it's seen from the outside, like yeah. how it all shows and not how it feels. So it's like, you're really just watching these people do it. You don't feel like it's not like fear and loathing in Las Vegas, where the camera's kind of distorted, the, you know.
0: Yeah. The it's uh, the best way I can describe it is like, if you've ever been around a friend that's been drinking and you're not drinking, like it's kind of like that.
1: Exactly. Yeah. That's the, that's the, absolute best way to, to describe it it's just uh, what- you know
0: maybe somebody, somebody's doing drugs you know
1: <laughs> yeah so how do you what are your thoughts on uh climax keegan
0: it's a very interesting film um from the standpoint of like cinematography is a big one because uh i don't know if i've ever talked to you about it but whenever i see a film or like a show or anything that does a really like it follows this long cut take uh without going away from it and it's all just done in one long sequence. Those are some of my favorite things to watch. And this movie basically only cuts away in the beginning half when we're doing all the interviews and the dialogue between the characters. As soon as the like the movie opens up and it just starts following the this bad trip for everybody, it's a, like it's a completely different film.
1: Yeah. No, I completely I completely agree.
0: Yeah. Um, um and then the whole use of like drugs and no, nobody really being in control, that kind of thing. Um I, This is, a, it's a little bit off topic, but it's also uh something I do want to talk about. So there's some mild spoilers for Bojack Horseman. Okay. Uh There's an episode where it's very psychedelic. Like he's been taking, it's, I think it's like sleeping pills or something. He's not himself. And, uh, like there after when I finished that episode, I was physically sick to my stomach, and this was the first time that a movie's ever replicated that feeling.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
1: I can see that. It's you really see like an outside perspective of of that whole thing that's going on. It's it is absolutely insane. And it's I love the scene at the beginning with the interviews and you have the VHS tapes of a lot of the horror movies that inspired it. And, like, there's stuff there for, like, Taxi Driver and all these VHS tapes. And Gaspar Noé, when he originally made it, he actually was planning on doing a documentary about choreographed dance. And he got the idea for Climax while he was, uh, like, deciding what he wanted to do. Yeah. Do you want me? I, I, okay, don't hate me. Well, there's two things you might hate me for. Uh, What? There's two things you might hate me for. Okay. One thing I didn't tell you when we watched it, and I'm going to tell you now it's loosely based on a true story.
2: I think I remember seeing that in the opening credits.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it, it they, there wasn't anything that crazy that happened. There was some like, you know, they obviously they're acting weird Yeah, and doing like, you know, I'm sure there was some of the things that happened in film, but nothing like Uber, Uber, like insane, like, yeah. movie, but it is based on something like that, that happened
0: this is the part where I edited out uh, part of the podcast because Mike had to pee.
1: Yeah. Climax. Um, it is in French. Uh, we did I don't think we really mentioned that. It, we yeah. didn't say it was French, but the film is in French. Um, the soundtrack is really good. Has songs by Daft Punk, uh, Aphex twin, Giorgio Marauder, soft Cell, uh, Ceron, Chris Carter. There's a lot of others too. Um, Daft Punk is one of the big ones. Yeah. Um, and they've worked with no way a lot. Um, I didn't know this until I was reading up for the podcast, but uh, apparently there are 100 VHS copies of the film out there somewhere. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'd like to get one, but it's probably gonna be like $3,000.
2: Yeah. Um, I want the film in a tin. <laughs> um, no, Steelbook? Uh, no, like
0: the actual, actual film reel. I want somebody to, I want somebody oh, to re-record the movie the film on reel. film, put it in a tin, give it to me. <laughs>
1: Dude um so the reviews for climax are insanely mixed i mean insanely mixed yeah. um it ooh it, it, i think out of the a24 ones this one's the most divisive it was very divisive for critics as well um oh they're both sitting at like a 60 uh between a 66 and a 69 for critic and uh audience on rotten tomato <laughs> um I, I remember one very famous review um from the arizona republic and i can't remember what it was he gave it like a one out of five yeah he's like a big like i don't know a um critic or whatever but it it, it is a hard movie to watch but I, i think it does have a lot of value
0: i think a big thing with a lot of the a24 movies um and how they're divisive I think a big part of it is that a lot of A24 films, like your general populace of people that are like, eh, I like movies. It's not for them. It's for your lovers of pure cinema.
1: Or your huge horror buffs in terms of their horror
2: films. Yeah.
1: So now we are moving on to bodies, bodies, bodies.
0: And from now on, just in case I had to bring it up, we'll be referring to it as a Triple B
1: Triple B, B times three.
2: Yeah, that too. Uh, uh,
1: for audio listeners, if you are hearing this portion, um, YouTube listeners as well, um, we are now past climax. So, you are... Uh, bodies, bodies, bodies. Man, I have so much to say about this movie. Um, Out of all of the ones we watched, uh, I'm going to have us rank them at the end, of course. Uh, but I think this is my favorite of the four. Okay. Um, I absolutely adore this film. I have seen it. It came out to give you guys context. If you haven't heard of it, uh, we will be getting into the plot. Um, It came out in August of 2022. And I saw it three times in the theater and I saw it another five times after that. I've seen this eight times. It's barely been out a year. Uh, It is so much fun. I love rewatching it. And it's one of those movies, you know, it has a big twist but it doesn't matter the twist is not the movie yeah the twist does not define the movie it's not something like the sixth sense where after you know the twist it just doesn't work on rewatches this absolutely works if anything i think it's funny i think it's it,
0: yeah i point. think it works as a better movie when you have uh, when you have the plot to twist con- uh, context
1: yeah, when when you, you know, you know everything and you're not like on the edge of your seat like wanting to find out what's going on.
0: Yeah. Um, when we get to that part, I will let you tell everybody about my reaction to to the plot twist. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but let's just go ahead. We'll, uh we'll we'll get into the movie here.
1: Yeah, let's get into this thing. So, um this was a film um created uh by uh, Helena Regine uh this is like her first big thing uh that she's done. I mean she worked on some like short stuff. Uh she did some TV. Um she actually did a lot of theater. Uh this is like her first big movie. Um like her I, I don't know how to explain it. Uh she A24 it's the A24 thing. They yeah. give, you know, a creator that has an idea for something. I'm going to tell you something that's wild. Okay. The director, uh, Regine, is 47. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I know it's like, oh, why are you talking about that? The dialogue in this film, well, I guess she just directed it, but the, the girl who wrote the dialogue, Sarah DeLapp, she is a playwright. This is the first film she wrote. She's 33.
0: Yeah, and the so for context, a lot of the dialogue in the film, um, it's very based around like stuff. Yeah, Gen Z, like how people that you'll see on like all the all your TikTok videos, how they talk. It's it's very um, it's largely based around that.
1: Yeah, it's and I I think it's the only film that does something like that, and it doesn't come across as cringy.
0: Yeah,
2: it it actually kind of works
1: yeah i i I think it works really well here um so it's a group of um it's about this group of people and they're all very very wealthy with the exception of sophie and i don't think greg is that well off but much better well off i mean he is a vet assistant which we'll talk about um basically you know they're wealthy because they are having a hurricane party oh sloppy butcher just resubbed
2: yeah in Bobby I
1: was gonna let you finish
0: your sentence and then and then mention it.
1: Yeah, they welcome in. I hope you enjoy the podcast.
0: Thank you for the uh, for the sub.
1: So, um, they're you know they're wealthy. They're having a literal hurricane party. Like everybody else is taking shelter, you know, from the hurricane. They're like, yeah, let's have a party. And there's a point later in the movie where the news is on. They're talking about the hurricane, and one of the girls has the audacity to say, "Turn that off. It's bumming me out."
2: Like, <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding me?
1: So they're all having this hurricane party at Pete Davidson's, uh, his family's like mansion that he has. Uh, his name is David. Um, there is his girlfriend Emma, who is like this actress kind of. She was in Had a Gabler, as they mentioned like a hundred times. Like she's like fake crying in the movie, um, and they're like, "Oh, she's she's just fake crying. She was in Had a Gabler." i'm sorry i'm gonna ramble throughout this entire thing i (laughs) fucking love i love this movie you'll never find me more excited about a movie on um um then you have um sophie who is um our main girl that we follow uh b that is her girlfriend b is just this kind of working class woman she's from eastern europe probably the ukraine area i'm gonna guess yeah um she um is not wealthy she is not well off she uh she is not by any means uh she's kind of like our tie back to reality
2: yeah Um, this
0: is like oh this i can i can uh identify with this because you know i'm not wealthy
1: yeah uh jordan says in the chat so much info and knowledge i love the pod thanks man Uh, we really appreciate that uh film is what i breathe um So um, you have Alice, who is my favorite character in the movie, Uh, really divisive, uh, played by Rachel Sennett, Um, and she has a boyfriend with her who is my second favorite character, (laughs) Uh, just a down-to-earth guy named Greg, and if you want to picture Greg in your head, because we're going to talk about him a little bit, Uh, Greg is the chat image. He literally is just the chat image. Um, and then there's Jordan, who is Sophie's ex-girlfriend who is there. Um, so um they do talk briefly, like as soon as they get there about Max, who was another guy that was there, and he they just kinda like he he left. Yeah. Something. So um they get this pool scene and we immediately get to see that there's some tension uh between Pete Davidson's character and and Sophie, the girl who brought Pete to the party, and and they're like, "Oh, no, we didn't know that you were coming." Yeah, I texted and, in the group uh, chat. No, you didn't. Yeah, you didn't text in the group chat. Um, so there's a little bit of um, some shit happening there. They all go inside when the rain starts. Pete Davidson is being Pete Davidson. You know, the, like the rain starting, the lightning striking. He's like, "Show me what you got, motherfucker!" And he's got like this sword. <laughs> that he's holding up or what it what what did you say it was called? Uh, it's
2: like, a
0: it's a Kukri.
1: Kukri. It's a it's a form I'll of machete. I'll try to remember that. <laughs> I always saw it as a sword. I'm not a big uh so anyway, um they um they go inside when it starts starts to rain we kind of get a little bit of the relationship between these characters and who they are together. Um and I David kind of walks in on B and Sophie. They're making out, and he's just like, uh, "Hello!" And she's like, "Can you knock?" He's like, it, "It's my fucking house." <laughs> so he asks, um, he asks uh, Sophie if she could talk to him, and uh, he he's like, "Oh, what do you?" What? She's like, "What do you think of my? What do you think of my new girlfriend, B?" And he's like, "Oh, she's kind of cute in like a school shooter kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> she like brought him zucchini bread, and like to us, that's like such a nice thing. Nobody brings gifts anymore." yeah and these people are so rich they see it as like a fucking freak thing to bring something like zucchini bread he's like oh i got you zucchini bread like doing an impression of her you're like damn these people are really spoiled they're they're assholes so they're sitting there talking and pete davidson is like he's got like a black eye and he's talking about like him and max got into a a thing and he. He's like, he says, uh, one of my favorite lines in the movie. And Keegan, I know you, you like the line if you wanna,
0: yeah. So to he's sitting there and he, uh, he's like, I, 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 I like to give up the vibe that I fuck, like I look like I fuck,
1: and that's like the vibe, that yeah. I like to put out there, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's like, he's like comparing himself to Greg, he's it's it's clear that he's very jealous of Greg, yeah. And um, he's like, he, you know, like. He he's hot, but he's not like that hot. Like you know, your mom—not your mom, but like moms in general. Like see him coming out of a Starbucks and like, like getting a glance at him. And um Sophie kind of drops a ball on him, and she's like, "Have you talked to my parents?" And he's like, "What the fuck are you doing here, Sophie? Like, wh- what is this?" And she's like, "I I missed you, you know." Trying to change the subject because it's something he does not want to talk about. And he's like, "Oh, you know, that's a lie. Nobody's ever missed me." and um so they all go downstairs and they're like b is in the kitchen she's eating this cake and they tell her like she's digging into this thing i think what the movie's trying to show is that she is an eating disorder because and i know it's like it seems like a jump because it's your first time seeing it but later in the movie when she runs out to the car she immediately like like flings open the bag of cheese like cheese doodles or whatever just starts like scrunching yeah. them like it seems like she eats when she's really nervous and she's, like, eating this cake, just absolutely eating it. And Rachel said its character, um, Alice, she's just like, you know there's weed in that, right? This <laughs> is <laughs> 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 so good. And then you get, um, I should mention that Greg is pl- played by the amazing Lee Pace, who is 45 years old. And they're all, like, in their early 20s. And he's just 45, and he's just there. And they're, like, making a TikTok. And they have their phones set up. And he like comes up. He's like, "Oh, you guys doing a TikTok? I've always wanted to do one of these." And like he's (laughs) dancing with them. It's it's so stupid. Yeah. So then they're all like drinking and doing drugs. They're dancing. Uh, Pete Davidson's dancing with his girlfriend. He like bites her lip really hard, and she like moves away from him. And he's talking to Sophie, and she's like, "What happened?" He's like, "I coked out, not better." (laughs) 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 Like what? Um. So they're all dancing, and you know. Uh Sophie is like she just switches off music they're all like dancing and she's like who wants to play bodies 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 and uh you hear it like they are like some of the girls are cheering and you hear Pete Davis and go "oh fuck" <laughs> uh, So if you want to describe like the um the early part of the game you can Yeah
2: you know, uh
0: Amongus <laughs> No
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah pretty
0: much Yeah it's it's think about Among Us pretty much but it's uh the 24 Among Us, yeah. <laughs> so they uh they all take a they write an X on a piece of paper and then they like you know distribute it out. You grab the paper, and if you have the X, you're the killer, yeah. Um, so <clears throat> uh, then after that, yeah, it's werewolf, huh?
1: Really similar to the game werewolf. If anybody played that when they were younger,
0: okay. I did not play werewolf, I didn't know what that is, oh, so okay. Um, but uh after that it's pretty much lights go out killer has to try and find somebody um and like take him out and then if anybody finds the body they have to shout bodies 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 turn the lights on and try and figure out who the killer is
1: yep do you, uh do you want to talk about like the well i'll i'll do this part and then you can talk about when how the game starts uh for audio listeners that's in quotations because yep. there's an Interesting thing that they do at the start of the game, and I'm not sure what it contributes to the game, yeah. Um, so, there's this like kind of argument, and uh, Emma's like, she's upset already. She's like, somebody always ends up crying, and they're like, You always end up crying. <laughs> she's like, I, I, it's not my fault, I can access my emotions easily. And they're <laughs> like, Oh, yeah, you were an a gabbler, it is <laughs> there, it is again. Um, and then they uh, they all kind of like, Pete Davis is like. That's why the game's fun, that people get upset. That's, that's
2: what makes the game fun. So they all sit down, and they're, um, they're getting ready to start. What's up? He, I, I wanted you to talk about the drinking oh, okay. game. Sorry. Is, like, <laughs> um, so
0: they, uh, they all sit in a circle, and they take a shot, and then they're supposed to, uh, to slap the person to their right. Yeah. Uh, who's it to start with?
1: Uh I think it starts with Jordan smacks or yeah. no 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 it's what, yeah Jordan or is it Rachel Senate smacks Jordan and then Jordan smacks Sophie like or not Sophie uh B really hard. Yeah. And then B goes to hit um David, uh Pete David's character.
2: Yeah.
0: And, and uh she turns but, and she just does this little, little little tap. Yeah. Uh and then he's like, Come on. Like actually hit me. She pulls up a little bit more, hits him, and he's like, I mean like this, turns over to Greg, and just punches him in the jaw.
1: (laughs) Oh, absolutely decks him. Like rocks his shit decks him. Yeah. And they're like, oh my god, you're such, the the girls are like, you're such an asshole. And uh, he's just like laughing it off or whatever, and Greg's just like, okay, Greg's like got a lot of patience. Yeah. He, he, um, he, he has a lot of patience. So lights go out, uh, after that they like hit hit the last couple of girls hit each other uh lights go out they're all going around and this is really interesting uh most of the film is in the dark the only lighting that they use they actually just use cell phones
0: yeah so for, they um, have like the light. the screen is like is on and it's completely white and then the back uh, flashlight is on
1: And that's something that's never really been done like that. Like they would always like the films have been shot in the dark, of course, but they've always had like different ways to light it up. So you see the characters in this, the only way you see them is through their, their lights. And Rachel Sennett, Alice has like these glow rings around her neck.
0: Yeah. I I think Um, a really cool thing about it too, is like having the, the phone screen light on and the back one on, you can still see the character's face and what like they're in
2: their, in their environment. Yeah.
1: So they're all kind of, um, they're all kind of like going around their own thing, and we get to see B's per- perspective, and um, it, it, it's it's really interesting. Um, just the, the, it, it's a weird game. <laughs> so, <clears throat> excuse me. We um, we finally hear bodies, bodies, bodies. So, <clears throat> body's been found, and it's Greg. Greg's laying there, and they're all like oh no and you know Alice is like doing this whole like she's dialing it up she's like Greg like does this dramatic thing and like after a couple minutes they're like arguing back and forth like among us who it is yep. and um B's like he's not moving and like you get this like because like a... you know it's a horror movie going in
0: yeah they're, kind, uh, of, yeah, they're kind of like but, this is this is the first kill
1: yeah they're like oh my god and he's like not moving they're shaking him and then Pete Davidson goes this always works takes a bottle of beer taps his balls and he goes whoa <laughs> he just like sits up it's so funny <laughs> he's like yep that always works and they're like arguing back and forth more and Dave or uh, greg goes uh the best offense is a good defense <laughs> and uh Pete Davidson starts fucking with him and he's like well what what do you, what do you mean by that greg what does that even mean and he's like you it that's you know that's what it means that a good offense is a good defense. <laughs> He's like yeah 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 I, I heard you, but like, what does that mean to you, Greg? Like yeah, honestly,
2: <laughs> just thinking about it right now, I'm cracking up. <laughs> <laughs> it's real good.
1: And Lee Pace is just like I I I don't know, and uh, he and um, they're all like, oh my god, you're such a dick, and uh, Greg's like oh you're fucking with me and david's like i'm not fucking with greg (laughs) (laughs) and he's just like he's really pissed he gets up and kind of like eyes him down and he's just like i'm gonna go to bed uh you kids have fun he's just pissed and he doesn't want to like get involved in conflict which again is like a really interesting thing about greg he's just like a peaceful dude yeah um so um david and emma then get into like a huge argument and it escalates really fast. Like, and Alice does not help. Alice is like, "Oh my God, is that why you guys never have sex?" <laughs> and Pete Davidson's like, "You, you talk about us like that?" And she's like, "No." And Alice's like, "Yes." And um, it's just this huge argument. And then they all start. Um, he's like, "She or she says you're always gaslighting me." This is the reference Trent made earlier in the in, yeah. the, in the podcast. And he's like shut the fuck up. Gaslight, it's a fucking made up word. And it's its so funny and he's like, what, what's next? You're gonna call, call me like a foot soldier for, for the white supremacy or something like that? And he's like, all gaslighting means is like you, you use Twitter and <laughs> they all start voting him out. Emma's like fake crying and David gets pissed. He like punches this base and he's like, fuck this game. Um, we got a couple of chats. Um, Trent says Greg is daddy is, is fuck. Uh, sloppy butcher. Jordan says, "Correction, I'm daddy as fuck." And then Trent says, "Congrats, you have a Twitter account." Which is um, another quote from the movie. Yes. Yes. Um. So the storm's getting worse outside, and the power goes out. And they're like, "Fuck!" They think David turned it off.
0: Yeah. Because he like he was out upset because he got voted out of the game.
1: And they look outside one of the sliding glass doors, and there is David, and his throat is cut. And there's the Kukri nearby, completely just covered in blood. And they're like, freaking the fuck out. And um, they're like, what do we do? What do we do? Like, they're, don't disturb the body. It's evidence. Like, they have no <laughs> idea what to do. They're like, none of them have reception. They all run to get to Sophie's car because they all only had one other vehicle and Max took it. So they all get in Sophie's car. The battery's dead. When B was doing her makeup before she came in, she left. The thing flipped down, so the light was on. Uh, what do you call that in the car?
2: Uh, like the, the mirror? The mirror light? Yeah. Like
0: the one that drops down from the, from the sun riser?
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, it killed the car battery. Yeah. Sort of like, what do we do? And the music is so good. It's like this dude. And um, they all go back inside. They're like, what do we do? And they discover Greg has this, like, what do you call it? A go bag?
0: yeah so he has a go bag and they're like uh why does he have all the survival equipment and why is the house circled on a map yeah like the dude doesn't use google maps
1: (laughs) and it's so foreign to them they're like why does he have a map and why is the house circled on a map like he's got a knife in here so they're like what, what do we do and they um uh Emma like freaks out she goes and she's laying in bed she's just like sobbing and they like go up to find her and they're like um are you are you okay? And she's like, yeah. And one of the girls takes a pill, and Emma's like, what's that? She goes, Xanax. She's like, you want one? Yeah, give me one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they're like, alright, we need to find Greg. And, like, Alice is like, it's not Greg. And they're like, how can you be so sure? How long have you even known him, Alice? And he's like, a, a while, okay? Like, a really long time. And she's like, well, how long is that? I don't know. What, what did she say? Like, three she's, weeks?
0: She's like, I don't know, like, Two weeks. Yeah, it's two weeks. And they're
1: like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Alice. And she's like, "What?" And he's like, "Do you even know his middle name?" She's like, "You don't ask what your middle name is, okay?" For like a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> so they they go and they find Greg, and Greg has this like mask on, it makes him look really ominous. But it's like, what what do they say? He has seasonal depression.
0: Something like that. and It's supposed to be like you. It's supposed to be like the safe UV light that you just like kind of so it absorbs yeah. into your skin that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it's it's like seasonal depression. That's what he has, and they go down there and they're like, David's dead, and he thinks they're fucking with him. He's and, like, is
0: this part of the, this part of werewolf? Yeah, you guys still playing
1: werewolf, and he's like, he he doesn't know that he's act like David's actually dead. So he's like fucking with the the girls, and he's just like, whoo, and he's like moving around and yeah. yelling, and they're like scared to death of him. Yeah, and <laughs> they're like, what what do we do? And they're like. I'm, it's, um, not, it's Jordan. And she's just like, what do you have a go bag, fucking Greg? He's like, (laughs) the hurricane. (laughs) Hurricane, just in case we gotta get out of here. Yeah, he's like, it's, you know, it's emergency gear. And, um, there's this like discussion that happened like earlier on that Greg was like a veteran. We'll get into that. And, um, Greg's just like, okay, he starts to feel like something really is wrong. And they, like, all have these weapons on him, these knives and things. He's, like, all right, put the weapon down. And he, like, finally starts to get, like, agitated. He's, like, put it down on the ground now. And he has a weapon, too. And you're, like, you do it first. And he's, like, okay, that seems fair. So one of the girls jumps on him. And they're, like, struggling. And he, like, throws her off. He's, like, oh, my God, are you okay? And then another one's charging at him. And he's, like, trying to get him off. And then B. Hits him in the back of the head with a kettlebell. Yep. And he just drops. And there's blood coming out the back of his head. And it just starts out,
0: like, because he's standing there, and you're like, what happened? And then you just see the blood start coming off of his forehead.
1: Yep. And he drops, and it's revealed that B is standing behind him. And he just hits the ground. And he's like, oh. And she hits him again, and he drops. And they're all, like, crying. And she's like, you just killed David. And B just, like, vomits on herself. Or no, it's later. She, like, pukes on herself. She just, like, she can't even believe what she did. Yeah. So they all leave and Alice is super upset and they, they're kind of starting to doubt that um, Greg was the killer. And Emma's like, what about Mac? Like he, he told me that he loved me, you know, uh, maybe he came back to kill David. Um, And they're like, they, they're they not sure what to do. B kind of disappeared. This is when she does vomit on herself. Like yeah. she just doesn't even know what to do. She like did it to protect her girlfriend. She is a, um, She's a very wholesome character, V is, and um, they're not sure what to do, and all this shit's kind of happening. Like, we get to see, like, different glimpses of all the characters, like, trying to figure things out, and um, they're all fighting, and um, Sophie, uh, the main girl, um, is sober now, but she was a drug addict. She relapses, yep. she gets into the drugs that they have. Starts drinking
0: like, uh to whiskey or something like that.
1: Yeah, wash it down, yeah. And um she's walking down the hallway and her and Emma got into this big fight and Emma kisses her like afterward, and Sophie's like, What what are you doing? And Emma's like, Isn't that what you wanted? And she's like, Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was in the mood for. Thank you very much. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? And we see Emma walk away, and then Alice is downstairs and she starts yelling. Emma's body is at the bottom of the stairs, she's got a head and they're like oh my god they're like we're being picked off one by one like what do we do and they're like what did she fall and alice's like no she was pushed she was pushed i told you greg wasn't the killer and they're like freaking out they're like who's the killer in the game and they're like it doesn't matter and then jordan and alice immediately blame b they're like because jordan like fucking jordan's like a psychopath yeah she like googled her and like found out she lied about where she went to school and where she works so they throw her out into the storm yep and um she she runs out to the car she gets in she's just, like devouring these cheetos she's freaking out She finds a pair of underwear in the back of the car that matches jordan's bra that she had seen earlier and she's like so um she looks through a window and she sees jordan holding david's gun she's like i gotta get back in there She crawls in through this pet door and she meets up with the group again and they're like what the fuck are you doing here and um she like explains why she lied to sophie like you know her mom's got borderline um she didn't want to disappoint her the reason she didn't have a job is because she didn't want to think that she was a bum and she was useless and she really does love her it's really sad yeah and then they start this massive argument that is my absolute favorite part of the movie. They're all just shitting on each other. And it it is the best use of like Gen Z dialogue I've ever heard in a movie. Like they're going back and forth and they're like talking about Alice as this podcast they're like, you hate listen to her podcast. And Alice is like, no, like like what? And Jordan's like, no, no, I don't, I don't hate listen. And Bees like, well, what's your, what's your podcast called? And she's like, it's called Hanging Out With Your Smartest and Funniest Friend. And Jordan just like
0: audibly goes, ah.
1: she's like, did you just groan? And Jordan's <laughs> like, no. And uh, she's like, yeah, it's this your smartest and funniest friend. And she just like rolls her eyes and she's like, oh my God, you literally just rolled your eyes at me. And they're, they keep arguing and Alice turns on Jordan after she hears that about the podcast. And she just like goes right after her insecurity. She's just like or no, I should say right before this. Sorry, I forgot a really important detail. Um You forgot about the Jordan, part that it
0: takes a lot of work to make a podcast.
1: Well, <laughs> no, I was getting into that part. Uh it was where Jordan um tells B that her and Sophie hooked up before the party. Yeah. Like a week or a week or two ago. And she's like, check her text and they're like, You're unhinged, Jordan. Like you're a true psychopath. You I could never be with you. Uh, like who could be with a walking? Or no, it's uh, that's what Alice says. But she's just like, uh, you, you're a narcissist. You're a psychopath. Like, you schedule everything in your phone, including sex. And um, th- and then right back to where we were before. Alice is super pissed. She's just like, you, you always wonder why like nobody likes me because I'm mean and I'm a bitch. And she's just like, shit on <laughs> her so bad. And I've never heard this used as an insult before. But she's like jordan you're obsessed with your rags to riches story your parents are upper middle class and they're like and then jordan's like no they're not and i was like they teach at a university and jordan's like it's public (laughs) like
2: that makes so much of a difference
1: and um Alice is like oh oh my god you're right that is a big difference who who could date a walking spreadsheet with a superiority complex and Jordan <laughs> shoots her in the leg she's like did she just fucking shoot me and Jordan goes
2: no <laughs> And
1: they start fighting for the gun and we hear a gunshot Alice is shot in the throat um They're like, oh my god, Sophie and uh, Jordan are fighting and B kind of like, just trying to figure out what to do and uh, Sophie gets up and she's like, I didn't or sorry, Jordan gets up she's like, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to. And Sophie's like, give me the gun, Jordan. And they're like backing up over these stairs and like they're going up the steps like backwards and Jordan's like, please, please stop, stop coming closer. And um, they're like they get into this altercation and B comes out of nowhere and just shoves Jordan over the staircase and she hits the ground and she says one of the most gen Z like final lines I've ever heard in my life. She says, Check her texts. And, <laughs> and then just pops just, like, off
0: like three rounds. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, into the ceiling. Um and like she asks their like B and uh B and Sophie are like together and they're like, Did you kill him? No. Did you? No. And uh Sophie's like, you killed Greg. And she's like, Yeah, to protect you. And um you're you're kind of confused as to like, what's going on at this point? And uh like Sophie's like try or B is trying to believe Sophie and she's like, Did you sleep with Jordan? And she knows herself that she did because of what she found in the car. Yeah. And Sophie says, No, no, I would never. So B takes off and hides. And we cut to storms over. She goes, she's like walking and Sophie like comes up to her and she's like crying. And she's like, I, you know, she says that I relapsed. I gave Emma some of my drugs and she fell upstairs. So we get a reveal. She didn't, she wasn't pushed. She fell. Yeah. Uh B puts a gun on her and she's like, show me your text. And Sophie just throws her phone and they start fighting over it. And uh, they fall in the water at one point. It's a really cool shot. The water's real dirty because of the, the rainwater and everything. And they get out, and B grabs his phone. And they're like,
2: whose phone is this?
1: And uh, they realize it's David. Yeah. They take it over to David. They open one of his eyes and they put it there, like, you know, how the, the, apple face, has uh, the, the face scan, the face recognition. Yeah. And um, we see a TikTok that he was recording before he died with the song Bored in the House playing. And he's playing with the sword. Earlier in the movie, Lee Pace's character Greg does this really cool thing with a champagne bottle. Yeah,
0: he, uh, he, he comes out and he sabers it with the kukri. He, yeah, you know, he just, you've like, seen sabering, I'm, I'm sure of yeah. it.
1: <laughs> yeah, he like takes the top off of it or whatever with the kukri. Yeah. And Davidson was trying to do that, and he failed, hit himself in the throat, slashed his own throat. Revealing that there was no murder after all. And I remember when we were watching it, Keegan was just like, what did you say? Are you are you fucking serious? I, <laughs> I, I,
0: I'm pretty sure it's just like, you're fucking lying to me.
1: Yeah, that's what it was. You're fucking lying to me. And uh they're like, they just sit the phone down, just in utter disbelief. He killed himself. There was no killer during nope. the entire movie. And then Max comes back and Max is just like, What happened? and they don't even know what to say and then uh, You hear like the ding of like text messages And be like shows them her phone She's like I have reception And then the <laughs> credits roll It is so
0: so good Yeah such a like I don't because it plays off And it's like oh this is a horror movie and then You know as you're going through it's like this is a very Comedic horror movie like uh, It's not It's not it's Similar to climbing so it's not traditional horror um, it almost plays out more like uh like the original scream, but less intentional murder
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all just complete you know there are uh two two or three there are three murders that happen, but none of them have anything to do with the first
0: yep yeah. and um, it's not, no, there's literally there's only one murder and it's in self-defense
1: yes um it's just oh it's crazy and it's they use the dialogue so well um it got that one actually i do believe got pretty good reviews on both sides
0: yeah um I, I think it's less controversial or not controversial it's less um uh divisive because it's such it's it's a much
2: more straightforward film
1: uh do you know who amanda St- Stenberg is uh no she was the one that played uh um sophie in the movie okay uh she had a really funny thing that happened to her uh, when she was making this, well, when it was released,
2: yeah,
1: um, she there was this critic, uh, Lena Wilson from the New York Times. She tweeted this thing saying, "Um, the only thing, uh, that sets Bodies, Bodies, Bodies apart is that it is a 95 minute advertisement for cleavage and Charlie XCX's latest single, which is, um, Hot Girl, which plays at the end, and." denberg like immediately replied and said your review is great maybe if you would gotten your eyes off my tits you would have watched the movie (laughs) (laughs) this is great great reply and um they ended up like uh she said um she tweeted again it's like it's amazing that you didn't talk at all about the movie and decided to talk about my boobs instead and you think the movie is the problem and then the reviewer deleted the review
0: What's wild to me weird. is that there really isn't like that much cleavage in the movie. If any, really.
1: No, it's no, no, there really isn't there. There is a little bit at the beginning, but they're in a pool. <laughs>
2: like they're literally in a yeah. pool. Yeah. That's it. Um, yeah. It's it's,
0: almost, it's almost like she didn't actually watch the movie.
1: No, yeah, she maybe watch the first 10 minutes. um, And it, it, I think it was originally written, uh, written to be a play. I, if I, if, memory serves me correct which it would work really well as a play yeah um, it's i mean very simple
0: I, I personally believe that anytime that you make a you make a story that's you know secluded to one location like reservoir dogs and bodies 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 it can work as a play easily
1: yeah no i completely agree uh it did fairly well um i think it pulled in like 14 mil it did very very well for itself um, yeah great movie um
0: it's even wilder that the, um, the A24 movies, like, we've watched them, and then we look at the directors and see that this is, like, their third or fourth movie.
1: Yeah, this one was, like, our first big one. Uh, for Robert Eggers, for The Lighthouse, it was his second. gasper Away was very experienced. Yeah. this That was, like, Gasper is like, deep into his career. Um, but a lot of the others, like, it's really early on. Um, not a horror movie, but... Um, oh god uh there's a movie a twenty four did called mid nineties and uh Joni Hill directed it and it was the only film Jonah Hill has ever directed and they they gave him the opportunity Bo Burnham directed a movie for him um yeah a twenty four is a great studio yeah uh, we have a chat uh i need a Bodies, Bodies, Bodies play yeah i I agree that'd be fun yeah that'd be a lot of fun um so I guess there's just one film left
2: yeah and it's uh i think this is
0: the most interesting maybe um yeah it's up there it's
1: it's very it's it's hard to describe it very easily um we're going to be talking about x which is now the name for twitter um
0: yeah so we're not talking about twitter we're talking about the movie x
1: (laughs) yes um so this is a slasher uh, very akin to stuff from the seventies and eighties, like a love letter to that genre, yeah
0: even the um, we were watching it, and there were moments where like I was looking at like some of the the camera work, and I'm just like that's straight out of like
2: a ninety or out out of an eighties movie uh, uh yeah it's it's so it it's i guess I'll just
1: basically uh Ty West, who is a filmmaker, has done a few movies before this. Um, this is like his first really, really big hit. He just kind of decided to make a trilogy. Um, he filmed this and Pearl, pretty much back to back and Pearl is a prequel to this. And uh, the sequel to this Maxine is in post-production currently, which should be coming out early next year. And um, it's this one takes place in, in 1979. Um, it's a, a, about a group of adult film. Uh, Makers, they go to this uh, farm in Texas to shoot a film, and um, some bad shit happened. Um, The movie opens with these police officers. um, They're at the farm, presumably after the events of the movie take place, and there's bodies everywhere. And then it says 24 hours earlier. It's like, oh god, this all happens in 24 hours. So we see Maxine and she's just like I'm gonna be a fucking star like she's ready she wants to you know she wants to she wants to be um she wants to be a star she wants to like make her mark on the world she wants people to remember her
0: yeah she keeps coming up she keeps uh repeating the same line um which is um I will not accept a life I don't deserve
1: I'd accept a life I do not deserve so we've got this guy named Wayne who's kind of holding everything together there's Bobby Lynn, uh, Jackson, played by Kid Cudi. Um, and you got RJ and RJ's girlfriend, Lorraine, who is played by Jenna Ortega. Uh, early horror film for her. This came out the same year as Scream. So she made a pretty big mark on the horror world um, in one year. And she yep. just kind of cemented herself as a permanent. She started I, rolling with it. Yeah, she's she is uh yeah, she's real into horror now. I do believe like everything she's slated to do now is horror related. Yeah.
0: So yeah, because she did uh she did X and Scream Five in the same same year. Uh, Scream Six and Wednesday. So those are all the ones, the big ones I can think of off the top of my head.
1: She's in the Beetlejuice sequel as yep. well that is currently being filmed. Uh yeah, she um she really like stepped into it like hard and fast like the horror genre um i know she there's a couple other projects i can't remember what they are but she is currently working on another uh, couple of projects yep. so they um we open on them you know the characters are kind of getting to know them a little bit in this van i love the side of the van what is it, is it plowing uh services? plowing service yeah which is really funny and keegan was like plowing it's texas and i was like no keegan is a very different
2: um, <laughs> so, so this, they, is, this is different
1: <laughs> yeah so um rj the the cinematographer he's like i want to make an actual movie like really similar to burt reynolds character in boogie nights yeah he's like i want to make something that people can remember me by i don't want to just make an adult movie i want to make a movie and um they're like okay dude you're making um he's like it's gonna be a serious cinematic, like piece of art it's going to be beautiful it's not going to just be lust and wayne's just like "Uh uh-huh oh so they get to this farm that is owned by howard and pearl and um wayne immediately goes to the door like hey you know we rented this building and howard's got a gun on him instantly and he's he's a little pissed he's like who are you like are you from the state he's like uh no, mister, um, I'm here for, you know, your tool shed or your barn or whatever it is. like. Uh, or it's a guest house, isn't it? Yeah, the guest house. guest house. Yeah, he's like, I'm here for the guest house. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you did call. So he takes him out to the, the, the house, and they're all, like, sitting there. And um, Howard asks Wayne, he's like, so did you serve? And Wayne's like, oh, no, I'm flat-footed. And Kid Cudi's character, uh, Jackson, he's sitting there. He's like, I served. Uh, two tours Vietnam, and he turns around, and looks at him. He's like, "I've had enough farmers pointing guns at me, if you know what I mean." <laughs> and he's like, "Once a marine, always a marine." Hooah! Yep. And he turns around. It's oh, it's so good. And Howard's just like, "I don't think I like you. Matter of fact, I don't think I liked any of you."
2: And he he's just looks
1: like, "Stay away from my wife." And he leaves. And they're just like okay and maxine's like why would you let him talk to us like that and wayne's just like let it go and maxine's like he doesn't or no it's it's jenna ortega's character sorry it's lorraine she's like do they know what we're doing here and wayne's just like no and we are not gonna tell them we're gonna keep it that way and um they're like okay so they immediately like get into the the film and the porn which we don't really Talk about that too in, de- uh, in detail. They're just kind of doing their thing. Uh, Jackson and uh, Bobby Lynn are the first ones to go up for it. And then we cut to Maxine and she's kind of wandering around. She sees this large pond and she's swimming in it. Really, really cool fucking shot. She's like swimming back after she's done. she She's taking a complete like new, what do they call it? Skinny, Skinny dipping. Skinny dipping, yeah. And she's like swimming back to the uh to the dock where she jumped in this fucking alligator just like inching across the water and she's just like maybe five six feet in front of it. Yeah. And she's swimming and the alligator's just going to the side right behind her, and you're just like, Oh my god, and they do this awesome shot from uh really up high, like panning down on the lake, and you just see it following. Oh god so um maxine gets out and she's like going to the guest house like where they're at and she looks over at the house and she sees pearl the uh the farmer's wife and she's standing outside and she kind of like beckons her like come inside she's like okay so she goes in and awesome fun fact uh pearl is played by mia goth as well she plays two characters in this film she plays maxine and Pearl, she's got, like, 100 pounds of makeup on, completely practical, Um, changes her voice, it's really well done. And Pearl, like, gives her his glass of lemonade, and they're talking, she's, like, talking about how envious she is of youth. She's like, you won't be young forever. And, like, Maxine's kind of wearing this, like, what are they, What like, overalls?
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's overalls, but it's not, like, the full pants, it just covers, like, short length.
1: Yeah, and she's not wearing anything under it, so like her skin's exposed, and Pearl just like caresses her, and she's like, "What? What are you doing?" And Howard gets back, um, and Pearl's like, "Go, get, get out of here," and you're like, Ooh, "Okay." So, uh, Maxine gets back, uh, she talks to Wayne. She's like, "She's so fucking weird," and Wayne's like, "You gotta go fuck." Like, we're losing daylight, so they do another scene, uh, with, uh with Maxine or uh, Maxine and Jackson are together and we see Pearl outside. just kind of watching and she goes back home and she's like talking to her husband and she's like,
2: Oh, please,
1: please. Like she wants sex. with He's like, I can't Pearl. My heart will give out. Um. So, uh, um, night like starts to fall and they're all kind of sitting there and, uh, if you want to talk about the uh, exchange in the living room between Lorraine, RJ, and them, you can.
0: Yeah, so um, they're all, like, sitting down having some sandwiches for, for dinner, and uh, uh, they start talking about how, like, Lorraine's kind of looking at, at the, um, the actors, and she's like, oh, how Just can you... Jackson. Uh, uh, I said specifically Jackson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she's like, How can you uh like how can you love somebody and then like sleep with somebody else? They're like, hey, it's just sex and uh It's uh, just business. Just business, yeah. And going into the whole whole thing where they're just like we just wanna like love each other. Um uh, like it's they say um what is it? Love is some is like somebody you choose or something and then um the other's just, just pleasure, whatever. Basically, along yeah. those lines.
1: Yeah, love is a much deeper thing than just sex.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, they so they're going on about uh, it. Debate. Yeah, they're having a little debate, um, and then Jackson goes goes ahead, picks up a guitar, and then plays. A, what's the name of the song?
1: Landslide. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Bobby Lynn is singing it, and uh, she finishes, and the conversation starts back up again.
0: Yep, and it's uh, immediately the rain. Uh, looks over and says, "I want to do a scene in the movie,"
1: and RJ is like, "Uh, no, you won't." And she's just like, "Uh, but I want to. It's just sex. Like, I still love you. You know, I wanna, I wanna do it." And uh, you, if you want, you could talk about the conversation. Wayne kind of like pulls RJ aside. He's like, "Listen,
0: she's gonna do it one way or the other. The the way I see it is, um, if you if you do it this way, maybe she you know she'll she'll just take you all, along with her."
1: Yeah, and she won't just go for any guy, you know, yeah. and uh, RJ is just completely upset. Uh, Lorraine goes and films the scene with Jackson, um, and RJ, um, he kind of like, he, he's trying to leave, and uh, he goes up to the house to get into the van, and uh, Pearl's kind of standing in the driveway, if you want to talk about
0: uh Yeah, so he gets in the van picks on the engine starts driving and um don't fear the reaper by blue oyster called is playing on the radio and That's as he it. drives up to the gate you see Pearl just staying there she's illuminated by the headlights of the van and uh he like slams the brakes he goes oh shit stops the van puts it in park and uh you know he gets out and he's like hey what's going on like you good do you want to like go inside or whatever and she's kind of just sitting there and uh she starts trying to like put the moves on him and uh yeah,
1: she like starts rubbing herself against him and everything yeah.
0: and he like she goes in for a kiss and he's like why did you do that
1: like let me go get your
0: husband yeah uh so like he goes to back up and then she just stabs him in the throat with a knife that she had in her left hand that we couldn't see she kind of had it like hidden behind her back a little bit um and then he just he starts stumbling away, and he's like in front of the van. And he like falls to the ground, with this knife just sticking out of his throat. And uh, she walks over, and the music uh, picks up. It gets it just starts blaring as she's taking the knife and just stabbing different parts of his throat. The his blood is splattering all over the headlights. You he went from this yellow tint of the headlights to just coated red. Um, yes. Everything is everything is now casted in red as she's just stabbing away at him.
1: Yeah, it is just the the the, the light from the headlight just c- cakes the entire scenery around them. It's just blood red. And uh, wait, how is Mike?
0: Is how is talking Mike tucking the pod and in the chat watching?
1: watching. is in my house too. Maybe I am Jordan. Maybe I am.
0: Maybe uh, maybe he's in your walls.
1: Yeah, I might be. I might be in your walls, Jordan. You don't know. Uh, and it's very clear. I brought this up to Keegan. It seems like girl's like orgasm yeah.
2: while she's killing
1: people, which is really fucked up. Yeah. And uh, it's just, don't fear the Reaper, just blaring. It's one of my favorite kills in a horror movie. It's, it's such a good scene.
0: I do just want to mention, as soon as we were introduced to RJ, I went, he's gonna die first.
2: I wasn't wrong. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, um... Uh, nobody like really notices that he's gone. And Lorraine like asks Wayne. She's like, "I can't find him. I can't find him." And Wayne's just wearing these underwear. Looks like John Cena in the Suicide Squad just yep. got his bulge, a pair of tidy white. He's like, "I'll <laughs> find her." Yep. And he's like walking into this barn. and He steps on a nail. He oh, he
0: fully ste- like the nails. Oh, the nails sticking up. It's about that long. It goes yep. all the way in.
1: Yeah. Uh, for audio listeners, it's about like a, what two inch long nail?
0: Probably two and a half, maybe three like, inch. Like,
1: yeah, probably yeah, probably. Can you get the gutters for me and I'd be grateful? Oh, he's talking about like helping out his house if I'm in his walls. Sure. Hey, how
0: about you get the
2: rats out of the walls?
1: Yeah, I <clears throat> I definitely will attempt that. Um so Wayne's just kinda like on the ground, he's like, oh that really fucking hurts. And he's like he like gets up and he's like looking out this peephole in in the um the barn and Pearl just like steps right into frame in front of him and just shoves a pitchfork through the holes into his eyes and he's dead so um how uh lorraine like goes up to the main house where howard is and howard's like come in and he's like my wife is missing not well." he asks um her she's like can you go down to the cellar and get me my flashlight and she's just like sure mister (laughs) and she she's just down there and there is a naked dude hanging on a hook down there, like cock out, everything, just hanging there dead. She's, Jenna Ortega just lets out one of the most guttural screams I've ever heard. It, it is oh, it is impressive how well she screams.
0: And, oh, yeah, I think she's going to redefine the term uh, scream queen.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. So um, she's stuck down there, and Howard goes... To, to the guest house and um, he meets up with um jackson and jackson is just it's kid cuddy's just completely naked. he like opens the door doesn't care just straight hanging out in the cold wind and the old man's just standing there he's like i can't find my wife and he, he's got like all kid cuddy's wearing is like his dog tags around his neck he's like don't worry about it old timer i'll help you find her so he um he goes he puts on some pants you also get a full shot of Kid Cudi's dick.
0: Um, <laughs> it's more of a silhouette, but it's still there. You it's, can you can make it yeah. out.
1: Um, so Jackson's like helping him, and he's looking around the lake. And uh, Howard kind of like, fake tosses his fl- like drops his flashlight and quotes like into the lake, and he tricks Jackson to kind of go in and get it. He's like kind of hoping that the alligator is going to get him, and uh, alligator does not attack. It's a really good like you're like ready for the alligator to kill Jackson and then it just does not happen. He he's just fine. And uh, he comes out of the water, he's like, I gotta you gotta be more careful, man, and he just fucking lets Buckshot go into Jackson's chest.
0: Yeah, he, he looks there. him in the eyes and he goes, uh uh, once a marine, always marine. Turns the shotgun around, puts it in his chest and just blast.
1: Yep. So um now jackson's dead rj's dead Wayne's dead we just have the three girls left and we see pearl going into the the guest house and she just takes off all of her clothing. she's in bed with maxine and she's like maxine like wakes up screaming bobby lynn gets up she's like what the fuck is happening and meanwhile lorraine gets through the basement door and howard attacks and he just like breaks her fingers with the butt yeah. of his shotgun so
0: she took a small little hand hatchet and like cut out one of the um one of the panels of the door mm-hmm. and she's just reaching through trying to go for the for the bolt and then you just see her hands just start getting smacked as she pulls away and he's like get back down in that cellar uh if you know what's good for you basically and you like you can see like the bone like compound fracture of her bone
2: coming through her finger
1: yep Yep. And Bobby Lynn, like she gets dressed and she goes out to the like. And that's the one thing I will say about this movie before I talk about the scene is in a lot of 80s and 70s and 80s slashers, they make a lot of the main characters very unlikable so that you don't really care if they get killed. All of the characters in it, like,
0: them. yeah, they're, they're uh, not like, like bad people at all. Like, no. you, you go and watch, uh, like any of the Fire the 13th movies, and all the counselors that end up getting killed were just assholes.
1: Yeah. And Jackson, like, was willing to help Howard find his wife. And then, getting into this scene, Bobby Lynn is like, oh, do you have dementia? Like, my my grandma has dementia. I'll help you. And Bobby Lynn's, like, trying to help her off this dock, and Pearl's, like, standing over the lake. And, uh, Pearl just fucking slaps her. And, uh, Bobby Lynn's just like, well, fuck you then. Like, whatever. And, uh, Pearl grabs her and throws her into the water, and there's an alligator waiting for her. And, uh, Pearl goes back to the house. She's like, Oh, Howard, please, fuck me. They're like, Pearl, my heart. And they're like, Please. And then you get this, like, fucking graphic sex scene between two elderly people. Well, it's not even one of them's elderly. One of them's me, a goth, and like a shit ton of makeup. <laughs> and um, Maxine's like hiding under the bed and she's like crawling away. And uh, Maxine goes downstairs and she finds the van uh, that they're going to escape in, and the tires are slashed. Like, fuck. Um she she's not sure what to do now. She gets a pistol from the glove box that Wayne had, and there's a thing really early in the movie, like a callback uh to this where Howard like tells Wayne his shotgun wasn't even loaded, and Wayne's like, I do the same thing with the gun in my glove compartment. Yeah. So we already know it's not loaded. Yeah. She uh she gets Lorraine out of the basement. Lorraine just fucking is just
2: fuck you people, fuck all
1: this porn shit, I'm done, you're all crazy. She starts taking off through the house and as she's running just like, you're expecting like a chase or something like that and she's running, just boom. Yep, blows she her head off. gets out, out of the, of the right front
0: door there. and just immediately gets blasted and like falls yeah. back.
1: Yeah, it's so fast, just absolutely erases her.
0: Yeah, and then, uh, and then you hear him shout out, uh, told you to stay in the basement.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, she, she is just like Maxine's just like oh my god and they're um, They're moving her body in the house And her corpse like kind of like moves a little bit Like a, I don't know like a post death Twitch kind of yeah. thing And Howard just like oh! And just has a heart right And <laughs> just
2: drops Slides and, down the wall <laughs>
1: Uh, Maxine grabs the keys to the truck And she's like, getting the fuck out of here And she goes to shoot Pearl Pistol's not loaded uh pearl uh like tries to shoot um maxine it doesn't work it's uh she like fires it and it's this like she's like a little frail lady so the 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 kick of the shotgun just blasts her out the door she's onto the porch (laughs) she breaks her hip she's laying in pain she's like please help me and she gets into um the husband's truck um pearl starts like throwing out all these insults like calling her a whore and all this shit and maxine just reverses the truck right over her head just killing pearl and yeah. then we get back to that scene at the beginning where the police are at the house and you know they find the bodies and whatever and we get this really cool reveal throughout the movie there's like this tv host that's like talking about murder or like smud and, sin yeah. and talk about shit. how
0: like sex is sin and all that kind of stuff
1: yeah and it we get the reveal that that's Maxine's dad. Um, He's a fanatical like preacher and um, they find uh, RJ's camera and they go up to this main sheriff and they're like, what do you think's on it, sheriff? And he goes, I had to guess one insanely fucked up horror pic. And it fades to black. That's odd. Oh, no, so my good.
0: favorite part though, is the deputy. He's like, what do you reckon happen, Sheriff? He's like,
2: how the hell should I know? <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, it's just uh, sorry, I was um, yeah, it's just
1: it's just, it's nuts. I love that movie so so much. It's such a great love letter to old horror. I can't wait to see um the sequel. And the sequel has confirmed that Bobby Cannavale. Giancarlo Esposito and Kevin Bacon are going to be in it.
0: Yeah, and um, we also know it's uh, what six years later because this one yeah. takes place in seventy nine, and the uh, Maxine's supposed to take
2: place in eighty five. Yes, eighty five. Uh, so um, yeah, it's oh, it's so good. It's I I can't even like
1: I- explain it enough. it it, it is such a beautiful like love letter to to that to that era of horror and the music and it like just it puts you into it and it's i can't get enough of it yeah. like the soundtrack alone is just perfect
0: i think the only thing that it doesn't quite do that like a lot of 80s movies is it it wasn't very campy and i think that's just because like more modern um like pro- uh, not prosthetics uh, makeup and stuff
1: I think the dialogue was a little campy in parts.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah, there's there's some campy dialogue thrown in there. Mia Goth is insane in both roles. She does so good. She's another horror icon that's really like making her mark right now. Yeah. Uh, she she is. I I can't wait to see the sequel. The prequel is awesome too. Um, I, I can't believe John Carlos Esposito, Kevin Bacon. It, it's gonna be good. The best it's, thing it's,
0: though is like we've we finished watching X and we only planned to do four and right after we finished uh, X, Mike's like, ah we should have watched Pearl.
1: Yeah, it's uh it would have been so good. We we really should have.
0: Yeah, but we we're already played. we're already at two hours here, so
1: we could have pushed it for two and a half. Uh,
0: that's fair. fair. That would have definitely uh, broken our record for uh, longest podcast.
1: Yeah, it 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 really would have. So um now kind of uh like a wrap up uh i guess uh, i guess um how would you uh rank them least favorite to most favorite
2: it's a really tough call cuz i enjoyed all of them um i don't know so oh my god it's so tough to
0: actually you go ahead first and i'll i'll see i'll see if it helps me out
1: of course, you'd make me go first.
0: Oh, now you don't um, know either.
1: <laughs> I would probably. God, they're so tough. It's so tough because they're all such such great. They're romances. all
0: great, and they're all like they're all different enough that they don't really like you can't really stack them against each other.
1: Yeah, and they're they're all very very different films. I would probably do climax and fourth, and then the lighthouse, X, and then bodies bodies bodies. Okay, I, I would i mean that's really tough and it's they're all so close like and it depends on the day for me too like climax climax could be all the way at the top of all of those if, if the right mood is hitting me that day and i'm wanting that yeah
0: of that's a big thing too when it comes to the uh when it comes to like ranking these kind of movies is like some of them like you gotta be in the right mood to watch i mean they're all fantastic don't get me wrong but there are sometimes when like if you're in the right mood, it's going to hit different. It's going to hit harder.
1: Yeah, no, I, can, I completely, completely agree with that. It's, ah, oh man, they're all just so good and they're all so unique. We got one that takes, we got the Lighthouse takes place in 1890. You got Bodies, 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 which takes place in 2022. Um, you have X, which takes place in 1979, and Climax, which takes place in 96. It's 97. All very different. No, it's 96.
2: It was 97. Mm-mm, it's
1: 96 i said it earlier you said 97
0: you... earlier i'm convinced
1: no, no i just googled it it's winter 96 i was right
0: mm.
2: Mm.
1: Any, anyway they, they they all like take place in their like their own time periods and they all have their own quirks and their things that make them different and the most wild thing is they all came out in the span of four years 2018 to 22 um Climax came out in 2018, Lighthouse in uh 2019, X in 2022 and Bodies 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 in 2022 as well. Um and they're all just that doesn't even scratch the surface. And that's what I think what the big thing of this podcast needs to be is just kind of alerting people about A24, those who aren't aware of it and just yeah, the absolute sheer number of things that they're helping to get made. Yeah,
0: like we we need to mention just how many um how many films have been coming out from A24 that have just been absolute bangers? Um, and especially to talk about like like I, the movie of the of last year was everything everywhere all at once, A24.
1: Yep. yep, A24 won best picture. They won best picture. They've only been around a decade, and I believe they won best picture either three or four times.
0: Yeah, I think what uh what works for them is that they like it's not just Oh, yeah. Another movie. Go ahead and crank that out. No, it's they they're looking for people that have visions that want to make something more than just a movie.
2: Yeah,
1: exactly. They 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 almost everything has been done for them, even if you don't like it. It, it, it is still a piece of art that you could sit there and, you know, you can talk about it. They've done like everything from these kind of horror movies to comedies to adaptations of Macbeth. Yeah. Like it is absolutely wild the sheer number of of things that they've been able to accomplish as as, as a production.
0: Yeah, I, I think if uh, if you've learned anything from this podcast, besides that you should watch any four of these movies, is to go and check out any other A24 movie.
1: Yeah, even if you're not into horror movies, uh, I know that's what we're doing for October, but they've got a lot of movies that you know aren't horror center. Yeah, watch Bo Burnham's 8th grade, First Reformed. I mean, there is a lot. There's of-
0: movies for everybody. Um, exactly. So.
1: Um, you have to do your ranking.
0: I do. Um, so I'd probably put Climax in 4th as well. And like you said, it could easily move um, depending on how I'm feeling that day. Um, and then I'd probably do... <sighs> it's so tough. <laughs> oh
1: my god. <laughs> <It's> really <laughs> tough. Um, it's like the hardest ranking I've had to do for the podcast so far. Can
0: I just say that they all tie for first? <laughs> no.
2: no, you you gotta you gotta yeah. do it. Um, hmm. I don't. Hmm. It's, it's it's so difficult. I'd probably do um, I'd
0: probably do Bonnie's bodies bodies in third, but it's very close. And then I do Lighthouse, and then X x
1: above the lighthouse really
0: it was tough but
1: x is just x is a very special special kind of movie i will say
0: that lighthouse and x it's like it's like right here it could easily
1: shift yeah it's uh it's such a great film and the music and everything i um i just want to give a shout out before we completely end um if you guys like these movies if you end up checking them out um you end up checking them out before you watch it and you want some more A24 horror. Um I have a few recommendations that I wrote down for you. Um and I, if you are really into this type of horror, the newer generation of horror through A24, uh I recommend you Pearl, um Men, which is a great film, uh very political in its messages. It's literally called Men, but I promise you it it, it it's not uh you know, um hurtful to one side of the gender spectrum or the other it it is very realistic film uh well it's not realistic but realistic in its depiction of that uh lamb i recommend you lamb uh lamb is really good uh very weird uh midsummer hereditary and Bo is afraid all are horror films by ari aster um there was one other one that i really wanted to recommend to everybody uh first reformed was just a bonus shout out um first reformed is great it's it's a very different kind of horror about this priest who's kind of like pulled into the world of climate control and what he should do and if you if you loved robert eggers the lighthouse go check out the Witch. uh it's great it takes place in salem it's got anya taylor joy as the lead Takes place in the 1630s. It's like a coming of age movie during this time where yeah. the, the Salem witch trials were happening and things like that. And it's
0: yeah, there's also I'm, a lot of uh, a lot of work done by the actors to give uh, authentic accents for the time period.
1: Yes, yes, in both the witch and in uh,
2: the lighthouse.
1: The lighthouse, yes, so they are both very very good.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I that's
0: actually one of my favorite things about. Um, both those films, I haven't actually gotten to see the witch, but I've seen like clips and stuff from it is just how the dialogue is written and uh, how it sounds more uh, authentic and closer to what you would have heard in the time period.
1: Yes. Yes. It is very close. And it, he, I haven't seen, um, what's the one he did that's Viking. Is it the Northman? I'm not sure. I think it's the Northman. He did a, a Norse mythology film, not through a 24. Um, that did very well for itself, not in the box office, but In terms of, like, critic reception, it was very good. And the old Norse, I've seen clips, he does a really good job of incorporating that. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but Robert Eggers is remaking Nosferatu. Oh, really? Yeah, and Willem Dafoe is going to be in it. And I do believe Willem Dafoe is not playing um, Nosferatu. Uh, um, Willem Dafoe has actually played... um, Osferatu in a movie yeah uh, a movie that came out in the early 2000s but Bill Skarsgård who played Pennywise is playing uh
0: there's actually a, a really big thing um the more like the older I've gotten and the more I've seen of him Willem Dafoe might just be one of my favorite actors purely based off of like you know how much uh how much joy it brings him like performing
1: oh yeah he he is amazing um if you um if you liked him in his A twenty four film, uh he was in another one called The Florida Project. It's a drama. It's really good. Um, really great film where he kind of gives like shelter to this family um in this apartment building. It's it's hard to explain, but it's 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 a very uh sad and very good movie. Willem Defoe does a great performance as well. Yeah. So um what do we got a podcast next? Not this Wednesday, but the next Wednesday, and then when that following Sunday?
2: I believe
0: so. Yeah, we're doing a week off. I think. Yeah, we've got. Um, Oh wait, weren't we going to do something for Friday the Thirteenth since it's uh, coming up this year?
1: We have had no preparation for (laughs)
0: that. We haven't. Not the movies. I mean, but like Friday the Thirteenth is like, actually, it's. Um,
1: apparently we have uh, our schedule is really off. Um, don't get mad. We did not have a podcast scheduled tonight. <laughs> I was wrong. It was, it was supposed to be the 11th. This guy. We're going to have to redo the, the schedule. It, it's fine. We got, it's been a week since the last one. We did the last one, what, Wednesday? Yeah. So it's been like five. It's fine. It yeah, will Or there. four days or however long it's been. It's, it's fine. You guys get more content. Uh, two of our longest episodes in a while. I do believe this one is our longest
0: it's about to be, if we keep going.
1: <laughs> I think it passed it. I think the last one was two hours, eight minutes. This one's two hours, ten.
0: Well, we also got to add uh, editing time, because uh, it does oh, change up when I... I had a,
1: I had a piss break. Yeah. That's right.
0: Um, plus the two minutes that we usually do for our startup.
1: No. That's true. It'll be close. Well, you add your intro
0: yep. to the audio. Language. Which is like eight seconds.
1: Eight seconds is eight seconds. That's, that's, you know, that's what the guys say anyway (laughs) thank you guys so much for um being here uh chatting with us watching it live audio listeners youtube listeners wherever you find the podcast thank you so much for tuning in it it means the world to us um i love sitting here and talking about movies tv shows anime gaming uh with mr toast here it is it is a blast every time every
0: week i love going on to um to check our statistics and seeing how many new downloads we have, how many new listeners we have in different areas of the world. Um yes. especially as of recent because we've been seeing downloads in uh more downloads in Belgium, more in the UK, one in the uh in the in the Ukra- in Ukraine. It's they're we're we're spreading around and um uh, it's it's pretty awesome to see that and we're so glad that you guys have been around to um to you know watch and listen
1: yes yes it, it it means the uh it means the world to us um you guys are wonderful um i'm getting emotional I, I i do love doing this and it gives me an excuse to talk about my most favorite thing in the world which is film and uh that is what i i live and breathe is is film yeah and, so uh, as, as uh, kind of uh, ran about it for an hour
0: and uh, it's a really interesting thing because like um you know by doing this podcast we get to share more films with uh with with you guys and a big thing with it as well is i would not be traditionally watching these movies if we weren't doing this podcast so you get to introduce me to this stuff too
1: yes uh all four of well not counting the lighthouse the three films that we watched this week climax bodies 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 and uh x were all rewatches for me and first viewings for uh, mr toast here which just makes it that much more interested in getting to you know expose uh, expose him to some of this stuff and expose some of you guys to to some of this stuff too. Um, art is beautiful and art needs to be protected. It is one of the most important things in the world, and uh, it is truly, uh, as they say, art imitates life.
0: Yep. Uh, additionally, if you haven't already, please start your own physical media collection. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's a big thing. Um you never know when it's going to be taken off your streaming services. You never know when you won't be able to download something anymore or you know, you bought something online and suddenly that shop isn't uh yep. isn't available.
0: This one of the most annoying things I've ever gone through where uh this is actually a little, little fun short story before we wrap up, but um I was originally going to watch Heat. Uh it's a bank heist movie. I was originally going to watch that movie 3 3 years ago. I find was like, I'm gonna sit down and watch Heat. It wasn't on Netflix anymore. I didn't own a physical copy of it. Didn't get to watch it.
1: <laughs> yep. It's it happens all the time. I, I remember um it's just there there's there's so many things like you know, you go to watch it and you're like shit, but that I have a I have a decently sized physical media collection and it's very nice to just be able to grab these films and be like, I have this, we're gonna do this for the podcast, you know. Oh, um, yeah. That's that's a very important message. Thank you for that, Mr. Toast. That that is that is very important. Um, and one final thank you to everybody. Uh, thank you so much for watching. We will be back sometime in the next week. Uh, maybe it'll be next Sunday. Maybe it'll be next Wednesday, like a Wednesday from this one. I'm not sure. We've got plenty more Spooktober episodes coming out for you. A whole month long. We're going to be doing horror, and uh, we can't wait to see you guys in the next.
0: It's been fantastic having you guys here this evening. um, Or for our audio listeners or YouTube listeners, it's been fantastic just having you around in general.
2: Uh, All right, everybody. You all have a fantastic night and take care.